wanted to cast standing up. Really? Since I was a child. Oh. Dad. You're being facetious. Facetious. I think facetious is an old, old wooden ship in the Civil Civil War War era. There's lots of stuff coming out right now, and lots of things I still haven't seen. New movies are hitting. Every week. We're recording this on the eve of Stranger Things Volume 2, dropping in just... Hours. An hour and 40 minutes. The cultural phenomenon. I think, didn't the volume one break some records? All the records. They're broken. broken. Running or, up that it, hill. I think in terms of hours watched, it was in Netflix's like top three. Yeah. I think it was only trailing Squid Game, which is a remarkable feat. Like The way Squid Game took the world by storm was legendary. It's a lot of content. The last two episodes, I think, are about four hours total. So... It's a it's a saga, you could say. A cigar. It's a cigar. I gotta say, standing up feels great. I feel like the energy yeah. in the room coursing into my body. Gabe's snapping. I'm moving. I've got a little jive going. I look like Elvis. It's his <laughs> second workout for the day. Yeah. I wish I could move like Elvis. Gabe, ask ask me. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> I would. I think I would. Steven, we're back. Yes. It's the TCP. Sponsored by nobody. What are we doing today? We're doing Elvis. 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 Back with us again is uh, Allison Burnett. Rebecca uh, Burnett. Is it one L's or two, Allie? In my first name? Yeah. You should know this. I've never written. We're friends. I don't write things down. It's a mental. Okay, what do you guess? I think... Uh, well, Allie is probably two L's. Yes. But Allison is the is the, the mm, Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because um, some Allisons use one L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my parents, uh, the way that they had my full name spelled is was basically to call me Allie. So it's A-L-L-Y-S-O-N. Oh. Yeah. Allie was always the intent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Allison was just... The formal. To, f- to fill it out. I don't think my parents ever thought about Gabe. Like, it was always Gabriel. Gabe. Gabe, Gabe just came. Gabe became. <laughs> it's always been such an awkward name. Because B, no, B is a soft consonant. So, I feel like Gabe, not only does it sound like it's like, it's like goob. B is a soft consonant? Yeah, it's a soft consonant. That's why when you go into a coffee shop or any place and they're like, what's your name? And I say, Gabe. And if it's even a little bit, if the decibels in there are popping off, <laughs> they look at me like, what? <laughs> Instead of like Matt. What did you call like, me? Yeah, it like, al- exactly. K is a hard consonant. Right. It always, it's, it's always like, it turns into something can, else. Can you like, name some other soft consonants? There's only 26 letters. So. Yeah, I don't think they get as, as soft as B. See, B, like B at the beginning is a, is a hard, it's Gabe. a poppy consonant. Gabe. But like back, we're back. But if it comes later in the word, it's very because they also look at you funny if you if you pop your B in Gabe if you go Gabe Gabe, bah. Gabe bah. <laughs> like you're talking to a child. Yeah, she, that just sounds like Gabe my, my, my one year old. <laughs> da 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 da. So I I don't know it it's kind of a miserable time. So I've just started using my full name. Allison is a cool name. Gabriel is like it sounds like that's a little bit no. too too uh, biblical. You know, it's like. Doesn't get much more biblical. It goes like Jesus, Mary, Joseph, Gabriel. 
<laughs> so, but it plays great with older demographics. I had a lot of fans uh, when I worked food <laughs> hospitality with. I would always. Oh, int- bless you! Thank you. Yeah, Gabriel. yeah. <laughs> it's. I'd be like, oh, I'm Gabriel, and they'd be like, <gasps> like the angel. <laughs> I'd be like, you know it. <laughs> Namesake, messenger of God. Can you imagine? I can. It's a lot to live up to. So, Elvis. Anyway, <laughs> we can cut all that, by the way. No, nope. that was good. That Definitely was good content. Not, was not, no one cares. That's why, that's why people tune in to this. People barely care. The people who listen <laughs> care. Okay. That's true. All five of them. Was Elvis Elvis's name? <laughs> I don't think he changes I don't know I any other Elvises. Elvis. Do yeah. you know any other Elvises? Not recently. No. It's, I, it, I was thinking about that, the fact that like it's interesting when, when really successful famous people like it's their original name but it's very unique yeah. you know like yeah. they didn't change it like zendaya <sighs> was that her birth name though i don't know and where's the rest of it <laughs> or like tom like marilyn monroe she changed her name you know like there's a lot of celebrities who change their name yeah. but then there's certain ones where it's like oh that's iconic just their name yeah so today we're doing Elvis, which is a film that just came out last week, directed by and written partially by a man named Baz Luhrmann. Baz. Baz Luhrmann. Sounds like a Star Wars character. It's kind of mm. like... It's true, it does. Or <laughs> like Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of known for very flashy, sort of montage quick-paced... Bombastic bombastic mm, like style bombastic biopics by baz <laughs> soft consonants soft consonants nice. alliteration uh his first feature film was called strictly ballroom mm, classic um, have you seen it no <laughs> but it was um, following very shortly with the leonardo dicaprio romeo and juliet and then he directed moulin rouge and then directed a movie called Australia. Many of which, like these movies, have a lot of years in between them, just FYI. Yeah. And then he directed Great Gatsby. Oh, and, I didn't know that. And now he's directed this, which is Elvis. Gatsby was I nine see. That years. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Nine Especially years ago. with like the way. I think, yeah. I think all of us here really liked the Great Gatsby film. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I think about it often enough to say that I am a big fan. Yeah. 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 But, it, but we could appreciate. Yeah. It's certainly something. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It's yeah. fun to watch. It's an experience. It's a sensory experience. And I think, I think I've asked both of you this, but I think we all kind of agree that Elvis is a better film than the great Gatsby was. This might be his best movie. Yeah. As someone who's only seen one of his other movies. Yeah. I've seen everything except for Strictly Ballroom and Australia. Anyway. So he likes music. Yes, he incorporates a lot of music. One of the other kind of markers about him is he does like kind of distinct period pieces and then integrates sort of a modern kind of spin or culture or or even music from our modern culture into that period piece Mm -hmm. to kind of give like a very... Modernized. Well, sort of like, it feels like it's he's trying to appeal to our our modern culture to make the past culture relative. That's how it feels to me when I watch his films. Sometimes it feels like jarring intentionally. It totally does. You know, it's like this, like, oh, whoa, okay. I'm hearing rap music. 
Yeah, you're watching Elvis and... walk down Beale Street mm-hmm. in Memphis, Tennessee, and then R&B, like with big heavy bass, comes on. I think we all saw it in the RPX theater, which actually mm-hmm. has like a rumble in the seats. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom. And you obviously see the same thing happen in Great Gatsby, like even yeah. more so. Yeah. I think there was Kanye in Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Was, I feel like I remember No Church in the Wild at some point. Oh, my goodness. When they were driving. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. It was no, a lot I mean, in Great be... Gatsby. It was like heavier in that film. But this, at the same time, with all of that kind of flashy kind of exterior, there is a very heavy pretty i mean from what i could tell it seems fairly accurate biopic happening here i think you probably know most about elvis than all of us i think given i know not a lot so i know only what was in the movie and and you were saying yeah just like but but like i i didn't know anything about elvis going into this i knew that he was famous and that he was influential in music and he's known as the king of rock and roll and i knew that he He's left the building. <laughs> and I know the, the last thing that I knew was that he like had ties to Vegas, but I didn't even know how he oh. had ties to Vegas. So that's all I knew about him before seeing this movie. I didn't, no, I'm not like, I, I didn't know a ton about him. It's more like I growing up, I was just always like very into like the fifties and um, like very fascinated by that culture more so in like elementary school and so i just like knew like random facts about different celebrities and stuff like that but also when walk the line came out whenever that was i really liked that movie when it came out and so i like got super into johnny cash and then it showed elvis's like kind of like how their lives intertwined they went on tour together when elvis was really when both elvis and johnny cash were super early on and so like i knew like from that movie like some of his earlier songs and that type of thing but i didn't know like a ton about like his background like the biggest thing that i got from the film was which i think was the director's intent was the intertwining of the relationship elvis had with black culture and like their music and specifically the like the genre of like gospel soul r&b yeah um which i i was ignorant very blues yeah which i knew i knew he was blues but like i i guess i was just ignorant of the fact that he literally he grew up he was um, playing he grew up in he grew up in black neighborhoods um with his single mom because his dad was in jail um, those those different facts I think were really important mm-hmm. um, in the shaping of his personhood and the influence on his music. Um, and it, those scenes were I thought were really powerful. The one where he's like literally looking through a peephole um, of uh, you know these different adult uh, adults black black adults playing playing music and it's all it's like soul and really passionate and erotic and he's really taken aback and then like simultaneously he's almost instantly goes to this church gathering where they're singing the gospel and so you see like this like like erotic scene and then and then into this like you know church atmosphere and he's just completely taken aback by it literally i mean literally it shows him like fainting um and everyone kind of holding him and so I think that was like very, very powerful in showing the evolution of like the influences that he had. That was a cool scene. I think what Baz was trying to do, obviously that was sort of kind of like dramatized. A, well, yeah, but it was, it was almost like outside of space and time. Like yeah. that was like almost capturing 
like his entire youth in yeah, that one sure. scene. And I think what Baz was trying to do is show the range of music specifically coming from mm-hmm. black cultures mm-hmm. and, and how Elvis was, was both influenced by gospel and right. by like really like sensual blues, like yeah. jazz. And almost how they're like that rhythm and that soul yeah. is intertwined. Yeah. Like across, there's no, there's not like this distinct boundary, yeah. you know, like they can go from, from, from that, you know, type of maybe more party atmosphere to the church. Mm-hmm. And there's this, the same mm-hmm. passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, it's all feeling for him. Yeah, like, yeah, which I think can be separated in different and maybe like certain d- different cultures. Like that was really powerful to me. Yeah. So Gabe, do you want to talk about a little bit of the story that we find? Elvis's life? Elvis's, yeah. Well, the movie basically yeah. follows him, like Ali said, from being a kid to passing away at the young age of 42 in <laughs> Las Vegas, where he was more or less a prisoner for the last five or six years of his life. Maybe all of it. But yeah, this the way Baz set it up in this film, uh, I it is a biopic at the end of the day, and it sort of fits nicely into three chapters or three acts of Elvis's life. And the way he describes it himself, I think, is you have the young punk rocker Elvis, who he is, and then that's all the way up through the point where he basically is sent away to the military and comes back, and the colonel who is this, uh, he is Elvis's promoter. He's like our other main character in the story, played by mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. He is the guy that people blame for Elvis's death. He drove Elvis like a workhorse and mm-hmm. uh, Manipu- was stealing from him. Manipulated for, him his whole life. Yeah, manipulated and stole from Elvis for his entire life. Anyway, after he comes back from the military... Why the, did he get sent to the military? You should say. Because he was a... He was a <laughs> they were trying to put him in prison. Yeah, because Elvis was... That was my best Austin Butler impression. <laughs> Trying to put me in prison. It has everything to do with it. The, uh, whatever the boomers would be in the 50s and 60s, <laughs> which means the older men in that time, oh my goodness. they were very upset with what Elvis was bringing to popular culture, which was this new style of interacting with music. It was very suggestive, I think, is the operative word, and... Uh, they would consider it to be lewd or provocative. He was moving his body and it was very sensual or yeah. sexual. And it was exciting a lot of youth. And it was giving, it was like uh, providing energy to what they were claiming was all these other uh, bad behaviors. Like, um, it was demon music. Yes, exactly. So they sent him away to get rid of him because uh, he would not stop being Elvis, even though he tried briefly. And when he comes back, the colonel has this other stuff set up for him, which is a uh, movie career, mm-hmm. and he does some television production. That second act of his life culminates in the Christmas special of, I think it was 60-something, uh, 68, 69, yeah, which is, I think, when Robert Kennedy was killed. Yep. Late 60s, that launches off into the third act of the film, which is his residency in Vegas at the International, which was, again, a project that was put into motion by the colonel because... At least the way it plays out in this film, the colonel had uh, a massive ton of debt for gambling. He was a compulsive gambler and a fiend. (laughs) And so he sets Elvis up at the International to pay off his own debts. And that's essentially where he is until he dies. He, I think he might, I don't know if he ever got his International tour, 
But uh, uh, he he basically he, was he, yeah. imprisoned to playing the international in Las Vegas for the rest of his life. Yeah, they had him like he was some kind of animal. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that goes back to the beginning of of the movie when he meets him when the colonel and Elvis are first on tour and they're at the carnival and then you see the background of the poster of the yes, geek. The geek. So powerful. And I didn't even know what a geek was until I watched the movie Nightmare with, Alley? Yeah, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Allison. And if you <laughs> <laughs> And Nightmare Alley was like so 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 profound in like that whole what what a geek is and and all of that. So to me when I saw that I was like, "Oh, this is where this story is going. Yeah. yeah. It's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elvis That's was... What it's, it's telling it, the story yeah. of a tragedy. It was a tragedy, for sure. Yeah. Elvis was the colonel's geek, and the colonel was... Yeah, and if you don't know what a geek is... He... <laughs> the geek is essentially the show that the carnival or the producer, or in this case, the colonel, uh, takes advantage of in order to, you know... Make money off of. Make money off of, yeah. And so... Almost like, often, like often, almost like slavery, though. Too. Yeah, they uh, keep just feeding him al- the the geek alcohol in and, and, in Elvis's. Well, in in general, like in, I, the, in yeah. the circus life, but in Elvis's life, he became addicted to drugs. Yeah, um, and so it's like this feeding of this addiction, and then this like control over the person and and using them as a spectacle for their own gain. Yeah, and exhaustion too. I think it was was it a heart attack that killed him in seventy three. But it was a it combination. Was like, it was like un, un, like there were certain things that were there's not a, decided, right? I think there was a lot of things that played into it. It was like different addiction and and pills but, and alcohol. Yeah. Exhaustion and, was a big part yeah. of it, though. And I mean, you could he, see he ballooned up. I think they said that he could barely even stand. Yeah. On stage. Yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, he was like swollen looking. Super, like he was only yeah. in his early forties. He looked very unhealthy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But that's the story. Yeah, that's the story. For me, I mean, apart from the style, which like Baz Luhrmann's style of how he kind of showed this this story, it's very frenetic and and bombastic, like Gabe was saying, very montagey. Even though it still feels good, uh, so, so it doesn't feel like a complete montage. Yeah, you know, especially the first half of the movie, it covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Yeah, and the colonel's narrating over a lot of it. Yeah, they're just showing. To music, a lot of Elvis's early exploits. Okay, I have to say, I thought they could have done the whole movie without the Colonel's narration. I didn't like that. It was a much. really interesting choice for framing the story, and I think it's a good thing to wonder, like to. Well, uh, he used the same thing for the Great Gatsby and Nick, but that makes sense because that story is literally told through Nick's perspective. Mm-hmm. But for this, it almost felt like I don't know. I just didn't love it. I'm not saying it was a bad choice. I just didn't. I think I think it was I'm not saying it was the right way, but mm-hmm. I think it was a way of trying to show humanity for the colonel's character instead of just making him out to be just the villain the whole time, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Cuz you get to hear from his perspective like mm. some people call me the villain and I'm not the villain. <laughs> what even is he Bane? Like what is his accent? I don't know. <laughs> He's from Holland, I think. It's supposed to be Dutch. Okay. But what was Bane's accent? Bane was Bane. <laughs> Nobody knew who I was until I put on the Elvis. It was kind of Bane-y. Well, this, so this is a good segue into talking about our two leads and their performances. Yes. 
Uh, the first and more important being Tom Hanks as the Colonel. More important. More important. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's they a joke. Done the, the whole it is a joke. That wasn't a joke. That was a slip of a tongue, and you shouldn't have we said are it. Two lonely children reaching for <laughs> eternity. The star is it? Yeah, Austin Butler as Elvis carried this movie on his lean back on his definitely Oscar nominee. Oh yeah, this is. Oh, are we talking if about not, Austin Butler? If yeah. not winner, Austin right? Butler played Elvis. Yes, I think I said that. Maybe not. Disney Channel phenomenon. And he was... What? Was he Disney Channel? He was amazing. Amazing. He was amazing. This is he, all time. This was like... And I'm not... I'm, I'm really trying not to hype it up or exaggerate it or, or hyperbolize it here. But it may have been one of the best performances I've ever seen. Wow. Not just in a biopic? Yeah. You mean in film history? <laughs> yeah. You're talking I mean, about... It cinema was, history it was, it was it was ridiculous like i the whole time we're talking like, like orson welles <sighs> he was really good <laughs> orson welles like as an actor played like, himself sort of yeah he wasn't that great yeah. it, whoa that's more why, known for his direct that's why i rolled my eyes all right but, no, but austin butler this was like a once in a lifetime just stand out i couldn't say enough good things about his performance alone is a, a reason you should like Get off your butt and go yeah. see the movie. It's kind of like um, in the Queen movie. Is it called Queen? The Queen Bee. Oh, the Queen, Queen biopic. Freddie Mercury. Well, like I think the movie. Okay, oh, yeah, it was Ra- good. Rami it Malik? was good, but it was really cool to see that performance. You Rami know what Malik. I mean? Yeah, or, Rami Malik. Uh, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian. It was called Bohemian Rhapsody. Or the Kingsman Kid in uh, Rocket Man. Yeah, Taron Egerton. Taron. Yep. Yeah, this I think I think this was Sometimes you better. Just, yeah, you, I think this yeah. was a better performance than all of them. And Remy Malik was great; he really was as Freddie Mercury. But I think Austin Butler just—I was like hook, line, and sinker the whole time. Yeah, he's into he's, him. Like I—I I was glued to the screen because I just like wanted to see what he would do next. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole time for like two and a half hours. Yeah, he was two very hours, charismatic. Forty minutes. Yeah, I—I I just was so engaged because of that. Well, it makes me want to watch like more like actual footage of Elvis. You know what I mean? Like well, it makes that, me want to kind of see more. That was one of the craziest things is like at the very end, they mimic the same grain and like angle of actual footage from Elvis. And it, it starts with Austin Butler singing the song, cuts that to was good, yeah. black and then mm-hmm. cuts back to El- the real Elvis from the same angle, same grain. And it's almost not even noticeable like you're just like oh my gosh they just cut to the real elvis from austin butler playing elvis and you could barely tell that that happened i was like blown away well they they don't put the fat suit on austin butler until the very end for that final sequence until that yeah that shot and so when you see it it you're like oh is that elvis or is that austin yeah it it like kind of yeah gives it more of the disguise their actual features are obviously (laughs) different like if you look at young Elvis and young Austin yeah, both yeah, Butler, I mean, but uh, that's not I to thought, say that he didn't play the persona and like the charisma and everything you're I thought, saying. I thought he looked all, like well. similar. I didn't. I don't think. I, think he I, I don't know. I think Elvis is like a very distinct looking person. I, yeah, you there's think, no one I've seen that looks like Elvis. I thought he looked similar until they start showing footage of, or maybe it was after I seen the movie. I started looking up Elvis, and he looks pretty. Austin Butler looks like the idea of who you would imagine Elvis to be if you saw a couple pictures of him like 10 years ago. Yeah. And that's why it worked for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. I thought he was fine until I saw real Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, real Elvis is very, he's got a very distinct looking face. 
But I couldn't say enough good things about Austin Butler. He grew up right here in Irvine. So super local to us. Really? Like literally 10 minutes up the freeway. What did he do for Disney? I don't even know. I think it was like past our generation. Uh, like I think it was like, I think he kind of got in he's right when we weren't watching Disney anymore. You know uh, what I mean? Maybe Steven was. But. I think I thought funny. he was our age. No? Funny joke out of Yeah, there. I know. But you know, like people our age, we weren't really watching Disney anymore. Oh. You know what I mean? You mean like when we were. Like Selena Gomez and like Miley Cyrus and them. Like I wasn't really watching Disney oh. then. Yeah, neither was I. <laughs> like, well, I was watching more like back with like Lizzie McGuire and like people who are a little bit older. Right. Yeah, that's maybe. I, I don't remember him you at all. You watch a lot of Lizzie McGuire there, Gabe? Big Lizzie fan. <laughs> no, I, I'd only seen Austin in... Hilary Duff. I'd only seen Austin in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. He was Tex, the guy that gets totally cold-clocked by Brad Pitt at the yeah, end. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But he's, he's going to be Fade in... Uh, Fade Rafa in Dune 2. Dune 2, back to Dune. What was interesting is I read afterwards that Baz was thinking about Austin and Denzel Washington had done a production with Austin a few years prior. Hmm. And Denzel said, you have to cast this kid. Oh, wow. Which is pretty interesting. And you got to listen to Denzel. Yeah, coming from the king, it's, I mean, like Denzel, not Elvis. Uh, That's incredible. And I think Tom Hanks is now potentially like kind of, the headlines are like they're mentoring him. So it's kind of cool to see Austin Butler on the blowing up after this. Because it is all time yeah. as far as performances go. Yeah. And now we have to talk about Tom Hanks. What do you think about Tom Hanks as the colonel? They um, could have cast someone else. <laughs> I, I thought he was fine. Like, he didn't bother me. I, I thought he was believable. There wasn't a moment where I was taken out of the film because I was like, oh, that's Tom Hanks in a fat suit. Like, I, I never once thought about that. So I just think they didn't need him. Like, they didn't need the name. I do think it was opinion. a miscast. Yeah. I Because I Austin Butler, he, it carried, he carried it. And, El, like, the story of Elvis, like, I just think they they didn't need to pay someone that much. Is all. I, I do think it was. I don't know how much they got paid. I, the word Tom fine. Tom Hanks, I'm sure, got paid a lot more than Joe Scum over there. <laughs> Why'd you point to me? I don't know. No. <laughs> Joe Scum? <laughs> Joe Scum. <laughs> um, I'm glad you said fine, though, Stephen, because that's exactly what it was. It was just fine. You could have matched Austin Butler's performance yeah. with a different actor. Like I saw someone throw out J.K. Simpson's name. Who? J- is it J.K. Sim- Simmons? Simmons. J.K. Simmons oh. would have been insane. Someone who can better embody, because I mean, maybe that mm. was Boz's intent was yeah, to yeah. throw the audience off their game because Tom Hanks is classically the very wholesome. Yes, and Elvis the whole time, he kept believing what he was saying. And Tom Hanks is supposed to be, I mean, but the colonel he is kind not of replaced that. Bill Cosby is like America's dad kind of figure, and and Tom Hanks though is like Elvis looked to him as like a father. He said he called him like you're like a father to me. Yeah, but it wasn't like, Tom. It was the colonel. It was well, but it was the slimiest dude that everybody except Elvis he's still knew. Still there underneath the other facade. We are two lonely children. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it could have been like, for instance, if this had someone perhaps better suited for the colonel. This movie would have shot from go see it for Austin Butler to potentially movie of the year. Yeah, it, it almost felt like, okay, because Austin Butler isn't Leonardo DiCaprio, we need Yet. to get a Leonardo DiCaprio for the other role. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we need a big name. I, I disagree. I think I think it was positioned to let So Austin- you think he was like, this is Tom Hanks' role. We need Tom Hanks for this. No, no, I think it was the movie was positioned to let Austin Butler shine. 
and that was that's the goal of the film is to see this portrayal of Elvis that you know is one of a kind. It, then it's, why it's Tom a biopic. He's just there. Like it doesn't even matter. He's well, playing Geppetto in the Pinocchio film. Well, like, he, he's pretty important in the story. Yeah, but he's not Pinocchio. He's Geppetto. You know yeah, what I mean? I don't know if that's a fair comparison. But, though. but you don't get Pinocchio without Geppetto, Stephen. Well, I don't even you like don't that. Get, Geppetto you don't get creates. Elvis without the <laughs> Colonel. I don't. I don't. Well, the Colonel was present in every part of the story. He's the like the driving. I don't really care. I don't care. Did that Gabe? Gabe, that was. <laughs> Gib, that was Gibba. the story Gibba. that was being told. Like you yeah. needed the colonel to be a prominent character, and I, I'm not saying that that's not an important character. I'm just saying like I don't think we needed Tom Hanks to play the colonel. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. At the end of the day, I would agree with Stephen. It didn't bother me too much. I, it was a little jarring at first, and obviously the marketing it was a tough pill to swallow because For sure. yeah. we saw that trailer like a million times, one hundred thousand times. Uh, but once you're like 10, 20, 30 minutes into the film, you start to be like, okay, this is what Tom's doing. We're just gonna this is we're the new hang. Tom. <laughs> yeah, and you forget. I mean, he bleeds. Uh, he uh, becomes the colonel, so it's it's fine. It, it was whatever. Yeah. We also have a interesting cast of supporting actors, including yes. Elvis' wife, Priscilla Presley. She was great, I thought. Not in real life, but in the film. She's played by a younger actress. I guess Priscilla we... Presley is alive, though, and she was on the red carpet with Austin yeah. Butler. I saw that picture. She's played by Olivia Dejonge. Dejonge, maybe? Who is... I guess she was 14 when they met in real life. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, she was super young. I That's that. crazy. Well, she was... They said even in the movie, like, it was, like, the so-and-so's teenage daughter... Yeah. And he was like in his early 20s. He was 24 and she 24. was 14. Yeah, I mean that was a, that was pretty common back then. Yeah, it was a different time. Yeah. <laughs> Kelvin Harrison Jr. played BB King. I really liked him. I, it was just cool to see BB King in this like as a portrayal. Yeah, I don't know exactly if any of those conversations took place. I don't know I, I read that BB King and him weren't like that buddy buddy, but they did know each other, so that was cool. Cody Smith McPhee was in this? Yeah, for a little bit. Uh, David Wenham was Hank Snow. He's in the beginning. Who else we got? Dacre Montgomery, that hot thing, that hot piece of. Yep. He's so hot. He's it's insane. Wait, it's who's that? Billy from Stranger Billy Things. Billy from Stranger Things. The one that. When was he in the movie? He's the guy came that, on. that he met at the Hollywood sign that he like convinced to. to oh, I didn't he helped him organize the Christmas special. Him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I remember thinking like he's super familiar, but I couldn't pinpoint it he's also the red ranger in the most recent reboot of the power rangers film important it's important to me (laughs) he also plays the yellow teletubby in the new teletubby (laughs) no he does not she's lying also richard roxburgh played vernon presley elvis's father yeah he's a common yeah he's very common he was in moulin rouge He's in, he was in 2004's Van Helsing, everybody's favorite Van Helsing movie. <laughs> I saw that movie three times in the theater. Did you really? Yeah. In 2004, huh? That was a wild year. It's a different time. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing out. <laughs> Halo 2 was out. Who played his mom? Elvis's mom. Gladys. Helen Thompson. Helen Thompson. Interesting dynamic. But yeah, I also want to say... Like like I had mentioned, it wasn't just written by Baz Luhrmann. It was also written by Sam Bromwell and Craig Pierce. Bromwell, Cromwell, Dromwell. Yeah, I I know a lot of interesting facts about Austin Butler for this film because I was really interested in it. 
Nice. Um, he spent three years in this role. Three years. Mainly due to the pandemic. Not method acting. No, no, no. But, but like <laughs> in, the, in the headspace of like trying to capture mm. this performance. And as we said, it's broken into three acts. So he, he tried to embody, not, not just in body, but in voice, uh, in singing and speaking, these three different kind of eras of Elvis that he had to work with like a number of amount of dialect coaches. He learned to sing. He sings every song in the film. Really? And he learned to sing for this. He's never sang before this movie, which is insane. If you think about it, if like you think about how good well, I was it like Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash, like he did amazing. I mean, if you think about how good and how close he sounded to Elvis, it was mm-hmm. pretty insane that he didn't, he didn't know how to sing before this or he had never sang really publicly. Yeah. And then once it was over, after they were done filming, he had like an identity crisis and he had to check himself into the hospital like Elvis did mm. for, to rest. Mm-hmm. I think it was either a couple days or like a week, just like Elvis did before he went on to shoot like a whole other project that he was working on right after this. But yeah, he had like an anxiety identity crisis thing because he, you know, just spent the previous three years of kind of in this headspace. So really interesting. So what a headspace to be in. Yeah. Yeah. He also got Priscilla's blessing. You guys mentioned the real Priscilla. Uh, he went to Graceland to the house and I guess she like looked at him and said, I, I believe like Elvis is the spirit of Elvis, not the spirit, <laughs> <laughs> but like his, his, uh, soul, like, like who he like is, he him. who he is, is, Possessed. is within this house. Like you can walk in the house and kind of understand oh. who he was. Mm-hmm. So he spent some time just walking around Graceland like by himself, mm-hmm. which is pretty freaking rad. Cause nobody gets to do that. And then Lisa Marie, she was like with Michael Jackson, right? I don't Gabe. know much about Lisa, but Lisa's kid. One of them is Riley Kyo, 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 Koo, who's been in a bunch of stuff. A yeah, very famous actress now, so it's cool to see the Elvis family. They're all like beautiful people, right? Like I feel like I looked them up one time and I was like, oh, like every single generation was like a really beautiful woman. His grandson, who's the you were saying the oldest the of Lisa Marie, looked, looked almost exactly like Elvis to me. I think he was the one that died. Yeah. Uh, but she was in, yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I just, I keep remembering that fun fact that she's Elvis's granddaughter. It's crazy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So really good film. Yeah. Go check it out. Check it out <laughs> in as, as, as loud of a theater as you can find. Cause I think yes. the, the more sound, the better. Big screen, one. big sound mm-hmm. is, this is a theater movie for sure. Yeah. Don't blockbuster it. It'd be fun to have a Dolby theater around here. Cause that would have been something. Like a real intense stereo experience. I agree. All right, Gabe. Yeah. Sing an Elvis song for us. Take my hand. (laughs) Take my hand. And we'll just fade into Elvis's version. What the heck? Okay. (laughs) Is that not what you wanted? Oh, sure. That's exactly what I wanted. Good. I didn't expect it to happen. If you're looking for trouble, you came to the right place. If you're looking for trouble, just look right in my face. I was born standing up and talking back. My daddy was a green eyed man. He died because I'm evil. 
Mess around with me. 